welcome you here, and uh, a special welcome to anybody that this is their first time here, uh, mostly because it's my first time here, and so I'm excited uh, to be a part of this community. I'm excited that God has called us together, and I'm excited for what God has planning and is going to continue to do through Cassidy United Methodist and through each one of us as we grow in our relationship with God. I, I thought since it's my first Sunday, that I would start by telling you a little bit about myself so that we can start getting the story uh, together, so that I can share with you my journey, and then together we can, uh, we can, I can over time learn some of your stories, and we can use those stories to build and grow the kingdom of God. So first, it's important for you to know that I, I grew up outside of the church. I, I didn't uh, I didn't go to church as a kid. I didn't care about church as a kid. As a matter of fact, I thought church people were strange. Uh, no offense, because uh, I'm, I'm a church people now. I'm good. Um, but I, I really did. I, I, thought, I thought people were strange uh, that, that went to church. And, and one of the things that, um, that really defines me as a person is my kids. I, I'm super proud of him. I have a son, Alex. He's 24. Uh, that's him. He would really love that picture, by the way. Uh, he is, uh, he is uh, at, at UMSL, which is a college in St. Louis. He is learning to be a molecular biologist. I don't even know what that means, um, but he's a smart guy. And then I have a daughter who is 19, and she is, uh, this was in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, but she has. Uh, it's cool. Um, I'm not jealous at all. Uh, she, so she is in, in Florida, and her schooling, she's at college in Florida and is learning to be a marine biologist, which is why. So both of my kids really like science. Um, I, I was not so much into science or into school, for that matter. I grew up, like I said, outside of the church, and, and I bought into the idea of the world uh, that the world tries to sell us that I'm the most important person out there and everything should be given to me on a silver platter and I should be able to, to get whatever I want, whether by normal means or not. And that took me in a direction that was not really what my parents had hoped for. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, my dad, let me, I'll back up, my dad was a captain in the Green Beret, so I was in, ar in the army from birth until I, I went away from the house. Um, but my, my dad and I clashed a lot, and I, I sought refuge in friends and in things like drugs and alcohol and girls. I was girl crazy, uh, my mother will tell you. And as a matter of fact, before we went out one night, uh, this is me and my friend Charles. Uh, I'm on the right-hand side. You can't tell because I have hair, right? <laughs> Um, and yes, if you're looking, yes, that's a bolo I'm wearing because I was from Texas, and I thought I was the most awesome guy in the world. <laughs> and when my dad took this picture, he said, I remember it clearly, you guys are like a couple of puffed up peacocks. <laughs> and I, I was like, of course we are. You know, I thought that was a compliment. I didn't realize my dad was saying, you guys are so silly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, now I've learned. I, I, I look at that picture and I'm like, gosh, I really look like that. Okay, so, and also, I was that young once for you young folks. Uh, I, I didn't grow up, I, was, I wasn't born looking like this. Um, and so, I, I grew up outside of the church and I bought into that. I really did. I thought that it was all about me. I, I worshiped at the, at the altar of my, my way, my stuff, 
my happiness, my rules overrule your rules, and everything that I wanted was about me. And, and, and if you watch the media today, it's just like that, right? You, you deserve this credit. You deserve this trip to the Bahamas. You should have this car. And it, it pulls us away from, from the reality of what God wants us. And I was hook, line, and sinker. You didn't even have to reel. I was going to go swim that direction. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, maybe some of us here today spend more time at the altar of my than we want to want to admit because it's easy to get lost and get out of the path that God is calling us into um, and and so I, I spent most of my childhood in that way most of my adolescence and I, I grew up uh, like I guess outside of, of the church and and my friends uh, oddly enough because uh, of what we were doing my friends started going to jail and I was like, well, that's not a good thing. I, I don't really think that that would be a good place for me. I was very thin, as you saw in the picture, and I was like, I don't want to go to jail because it will not be well for me. Um, and then crazy things started happening. My friends started taking their own lives. Uh, I had a friend named Stinky Steve. I don't know how he became Stinky Steve. I'm just glad I wasn't known as Stinky Steve. And so Stinky, uh, well, Steve um, ended up killing himself right after high school. And so now I see friends going to jail and I see friends dying. And I said, I need to make a change. And it's maybe the smartest thing that I ever did on my own was I can't continue doing what I'm doing. And it wasn't, uh, this, this sounds like it would be a great time for God to step into my life and, and redirect me into the right direction. But really what happened is I said, I can't do this. What else can I do? And so I joined the Navy, mostly because I wasn't going to join the Army because I had already been in that for 18 years. So I joined the Navy so I could get away from what I was doing. And really, all the Navy taught me, uh, well, I learned a lot of things in the Navy. One is I had a new mother, and when he told me what to do, I did it, drill sergeant. Uh, and, and there's no joke, you, you laugh, but I'm serious. I was, yes, sir, I will do what, how high? I will jump that, yeah, I can't jump that high, but I will do it for you. Um, so th this is the way that, that I went into the Navy and I started to focus on doing things that I was supposed to do. And I moved away from the illegal side and instead was chasing my happiness through alcohol and hanging out with, with friends and doing crazy things. And, and just, I, I wanted, my lifestyle was all about what I thought was going to make me happy. Oddly enough, uh, as any of you that have experienced that type of lifestyle, what you find is you're left more empty than fulfilled. And I wouldn't have used that term because I wouldn't have known what that term meant, fulfilled, but that's what I was seeking that whole time. I was looking for fulfillment. I was chasing a, an idea of what I thought I should be. And that led me after the Navy to Hannibal, Missouri. Uh, I had met a girl, uh, and so I moved to Hannibal. Now, if you live in Houston, Texas, where I grew up, and then you move to Hannibal, there's a little bit of a culture shock that happens. Uh, more like culture coma is what I went into. I was just like, I don't even understand what's happening here. Everybody knows everything about everybody. And it blew my mind. And so I, I wasn't a big fan of Hannibal. As a matter of fact, when I left Hannibal, I've never been back. Uh, but, but Hannibal was good for me. Because in Hannibal, I, I, I got married, I had my son, uh, and about a year after I had my son, I was going out into my garage, and I, I had a, a drink and a cigarette. I, I used to smoke, 
went and set in my garage because we didn't smoke in the house. At least we had that. Uh, sat down on the, on the stoop, and, and I had an experience of God. Uh, I, I didn't have anybody come, you know, it wasn't like somebody came, knocked on my door and wanted to explain the gospel to me. I didn't have anybody try and, and tell me who God was. I, I hadn't even been invited to church in a long time. What I had was an experience with the presence of God coming into my garage and scaring the living daylights out of me. I didn't know what it was that was happening, but what I recognized was something different was going on. The way that I describe it to others is I, it was a clarity of the moment. I knew exactly what was happening. I knew that God was there with me. I had no idea why. Um, I remember the leaves on the trees, they were blowing, and, and I could see the patterns the leaves were making. And I knew that if God was going to take time out of His busy day, creation, that I had to respond in some way. Now, I didn't know how to respond. I didn't have any concept of what to do. And so I said to myself, self, uh, who knows about the Bible or any of this that you can go talk to? And I was so nervous about what happened. I, I opened the door and told my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to go uh, across the street because I knew that uh, my neighbor across the street, his backyard was my, came, uh, was my front yard. Um, and so I knew that he was a pastor. I had never spoken to him before, um, but I knew he was a pastor. And so I, I said, hey, I'm going to go across the street, shut the door. I didn't say, hey, Jesus just showed up in my garage, because that would be a weird conversation. Instead, I, I, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head across the street. So I go across the street, I knock on the door, and the guy answers, praise God, um, and invites me in. I, I, on the doorstep, I'm like, I don't know anything about God, but I need to read the Bible. And he's like, well, come on in. You're in the right place. So he invited me in, uh, and he said, you know, what you need to do is you need to go to the Mecca of, of Hannibal, which is Walmart. Um, and so you need to go to Walmart, and while you're at Walmart, get an NIV study Bible. Because the NIV study Bible, at the bottom of it, it has these things. So you can read the Bible, and it'll help you to understand what's going on. And he said, uh, and you could come to church with me on Sunday. And I responded, and he never lets me live this down. I responded to him, and I said, that's great, but the church is full of bigots and hypocrites. Ooh, saying that to a pastor. Please don't say that to me. <laughs> I, I, and in all grace, he responded with, I could see how you would say that. And then he said, hey, well, if you won't go there, what about coming to Sunday school? Now, friends, here's how the Holy Spirit works. It just boggles my mind because it's the same place with the same people, but I was okay to go to Sunday school and not to church. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I don't know why this is okay, but God sent me to that church. And so I went, and they were, they were studying the gospel of Mark, and I took my new Bible, you know, and I opened it up, and, and we're going through the gospel, and they were just starting. And so we're going through the beginning of the gospel of Mark, and if you've ever read the gospel of Mark, it hits the ground running. It really begins pretty quick, and Mark is all about, and immediately they went and did something else, and immediately they went, and by the time we got done with Sunday school, we had gone all the way up to where Jesus was baptized, and he was sent immediately into the wilderness, and I was so excited for hearing the word of God that I could not 
leave that place without going to worship. You could not have drugged me out of there. I went to worship and I threw myself into a relationship with this God who had sought me out in my garage. And I said, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. And, and for two years, I, I, I was a pillar burning bright for learning about God. And here's why. Because I figured all you Christians have been Christians your whole life. And you've been learning all this stuff from day one, and, and you know so much more. So I got to catch up. So two years I'm spinning and I'm reading stuff uh, all the way from Max Lucado, which you heard from last week, all the way through Karl Barth, not in the same week, mind you. And if you know anything about Karl Barth, he's like this crazy theologian um, and uses really big words and long paragraphs. Uh, I appreciate him now. I didn't really appreciate him too much then. But it was this time of, of learning and growing. And it was during this time that I started to feel a call to ministry, that I started to feel that God was asking me to do this. And I was married at the time. And, and so I broached this subject with, with my wife and I became Christian. And she would say she's Christian, but she was not interested in, in, in the community of the faith. And so uh, she said, I, I, you can't do that because I will not be a pastor's wife. And so, and this was many years before I said, I'm going to go and be a pastor. So I said, okay, well, we won't do that, I guess. Uh, thank you. Because I really, I was scared to do that. And so I was like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding the call. Um, well, years later, we, in, uh, after having our second child, um, we ended up, there was a lot of stuff involved uh, and it was like 13 years ago. So I'm not carrying around this bitterness about divorce, but we ended up getting divorced. And so uh, shortly after that, my ex-wife moved to Florida, and so it's me and my two kids, and I'm, I'm a single dad, and, and then I, I had a full-time job. So I worked for a company called Pfizer. They're a pharmaceutical company, and one of the things that my buddies said is, hey, I, I know you're on the fence about this whole doing what Jesus wants and, and, and learning how to uh, go to seminary, but the, the least you could do is go to college. They will pay for it. Because I had gone to some college, but I didn't ever get my degree. And so I decided, you know what? I'll make a deal with you, God. Because that's what good Christians do. Don't do that, actually. Um, but I did. I said, God, I'm going to make a deal with you. The deal is this. Uh, if, if I'm going to go and get my undergrad, and if you still want me to follow you uh, into ministry, then we can talk then. So I laid my fleece out. You know, and I said, if it rains on it and, and it's the only thing that's wet, then I know. And so I went, to, I went to church that night, and it was a Wednesday night, and I went to church that night because, uh, because we had church on, on that Wednesday night, and, and three people, separate from my friends, came up to me and asked me on that night, have you ever thought about being in professional ministry? Have you ever thought about being a pastor? Have you ever thought about doing this as a career? And I went home and I got on my knees and I said, God, I'm yours. I am no longer going to drag my feet because that's exactly what I had been doing is I had, I, I made uh, over the course of time, I made several deals with God. Well, God, I know you want me to do this, but instead I'll do youth ministry. I know you want me to do this, but instead I will serve you by being on the evangelical or evangelism uh, committee. I know you want me to do this, but I will do anything but that. And finally, I gave up and gave in. 
And what I found is I'd been swimming upstream that whole time, and it was so much easier to go downstream in the way that God had wanted me to go. And so I got my undergrad, and I immediately went into seminary at Asbury University. It's in Kentucky. Um, it's, a, it's a great place. I enjoyed my time there. But now I'm a full-time dad, I'm a full-time employee, and I'm a full-time student in seminary. And so my time is kind of getting, getting crunched. And I was at one meeting uh, for when you're in the Methodist church, you have to go through a bunch of hoops to be a pastor, a bunch. Uh, and it takes a really long, it took me eight years to get through all of the hoops. But I was, I was in this meeting where they're evaluating my fitness for ministry. It's our magic words. <laughs> Suzanne knows all about this. Um, and while I was there, the district superintendent came up to me and he said, hey, Steve, uh, you know, I was praying about you the other day. If your district superintendent ever starts a conversation with that, run. I mean, just leave. There's nothing good. Well, it's all good going to come out of it, but it's terrifying. And so he said, I, I was praying about you the other day, and, and I just wondered if you would be interested in, in uh, a church if one came available. There's nothing available right now. He was fibbing. Uh, and I, of course, I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm doing here. That's why I'm, you know, eventually I want to do that. So sure, let's, I'll say yes. And so I said yes. And about six weeks later, my district superintendent called and said, oddly enough, I have a church available. Would you like to come and pastor it? And, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a single dad. I'm, I'm in school full time. I got a full time job. I don't know how I'm going to add anything to this. Um, but I, I, I gave the, the appropriate answer of, well, I'll go by and I'll pray about it, right? That's our, our good response as Christians. So I, I went by, the, I made a mistake. It was my, my son was graduating from high school, and I made the mistake, which is a wonderful mistake to make, but I made the mistake of taking my son, and we went to the church, and I walked into the sanctuary, and I knew that I had to say yes because I felt the presence of God so overwhelming in that place that I had to be obedient. And so I called the district superintendent and I said, yes. And he was like, don't worry, it's only going to be 10 hours. 10 hours is all you've got to put into this, no problem. Suzanne, how's 10 hours work out? Uh, what, what you learn about part-time ministry is part-time ministry just means you get paid part-time, you're still there full-time. And so now I'm doing all of these things, trying to juggle all of my time and trying to maintain my relationship with my kids and my family. And so what God did was miraculous. I, I have no other way to describe it because He allowed for all of those things to come to fruition. And we, we, I, I experienced in that place uh, a a fulfillment of my calling because it was there that I realized just how much. Uh, you come alive when you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. It, it, it was a joy and a peace that overwhelmed me. It doesn't mean that it was all sunshine and roses. It doesn't mean that things were perfect and, and nothing went awry. As a matter of fact, a lot of things went crazy, uh, but I had a sense of God's presence with me, and that brought me joy and peace even in the middle of all of that. And that led to the next appointment, and that, friends led me to follow the bishop and to follow my God here to, Spring, uh, to Springfield, to Nixa, to the Springfield area, to be, uh, be your pastor here at Cassidy. And I'm so filled with joy at the opportunity for that. Now, I wanted to say, I can guarantee you that I am not going to just stand up here and talk about me 
for the entire time that we're together. Um, I, 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 there's a guy that I like to talk to you, a, a talk about a whole lot more than me, and his name is Jesus. And so I, I wanted to shift our, situa- our, our story time now to, to, to include not just what God has done for me, but to have us understand that this isn't just my story. This is our story. This is what God is in the business of doing. God brings us into relationship and sets us on a path so that we can grow into that relationship. Uh, what we hear in, in the story of, of uh, in, in the letter that Paul writes to the Romans, we hear Paul pouring out his heart to, to the church in Rome. He wants them to get to know who he is. He wants them to understand who he is so he can continue and go and do ministry. And, and so it's a very familiar piece uh, of, of Scripture, and I'm going to start it, and I'm, I hope that y'all can finish this for me. Y'all didn't know there was a test, did you? All right. So if I say, don't put, don't, don't put it up there yet, though. They did that in the first service. I was like, well, it's not very helpful. Uh, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, what's interesting is, is we tend to leave that statement there. We, we just use, that's our sentence. Well, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Paul doesn't do that when he's writing his letter to the church in Rome. Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of, of the glory of God, comma. And that comma is maybe one of the most beautiful things ever to happen in literature because he finishes that thought with, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came from Christ Jesus. All are redeemed and all are justified freely by God's grace. We are invited into this crazy relationship with God and into the relationship with one another because God longs for us to be together, because God is in the business of turning sinners into saints. I'm going to say that again. God is in the business of turning sinners into saints. God is all about this. And for some of us, like me, it takes a long time. It's a long process. But God longs for us to grow in relationship. One of my seminary professors said, Christianity is like riding a bicycle. I really appreciate bicycle comments because I like to ride bikes. He said, Christianity is like riding a bicycle. Either you move forward or you fall over. I think I want to keep moving forward into that relationship. And so that's what God does for us. He, he sends us the, the, His Son so that we can have a way made for us. And, and He calls us to Himself because God is in that business of transforming sinners into saints. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't leave us, uh, hey, now I'm, I'm, I'm in a better place. God has forgiven me. It's not forgiveness. It's justification. He heals our brokenness, but then He renews us and gives us a new life. Not the old life, not the old guilt, not the old pain and shame, but instead a new life where we come alive in Jesus Christ, where we find that fulfillment that I so deeply longed for outside of the church, I found only in Christ. And my hope is that you know that fulfillment as well. And he doesn't leave it there. So that would be great. That would be phenomenal. But it's like uh, one of those commercials. Uh, But we're not done yet, right? There's more we can get with the Gensu knives, right? Um, What God does then is God invites us 
into his family. God gives us the ability to be sons and daughters, co-heirs with Christ. How ama- uh, Let that sink in for a minute, because this isn't like, hey, we get to go and hang out and have tea. No, it's come in. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. I have longed so much to spend time with you. This is the God that comes after people in their garage. This is the God that longs for a relationship. And, and, and one of Jesus' best friends when he was in his earthly ministry was this guy named John. John, was, uh, John had a little bit of a pride issue. John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, hopefully he loved all of the disciples. But John says this in his gospel, yet to all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We have an amazing God, amen? Amen. We have a God who seeks to restore us and, and, and calls us into a relationship. And maybe, maybe this is not your first time here, but maybe this is the first time that the gospel is getting to you. And and I want to encourage you. I want to say, let him in. Open the door of faith and see where God leads you. Let him in and see what God has in mind for you and in store for you because his way is way better than the way that you're on on your own. And let him in and find the freedom that only comes in Jesus Christ. We serve a God that will Take even the lowliest, most unworthy person and will call them out of darkness into the light and allow him to stand before you and to present the mysteries and the wonder of the heavens. I know because I am that person, I don't deserve to be here. And if it was any other God, I wouldn't be allowed, but our God is great and powerful and mighty, and all things are possible to those who have faith. And so we serve this God, and I proclaim with my whole heart the God of grace and the God of mercy that seeks after us and brings us into relationship and gives us not just the ability to not do things and and forgiveness, but gives us a new name, a new identity, because I am no longer known just by my own deeds, but I am a child of the one true King. And friends, you can be too, to the glory of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, we're going to enter into a time of communion. And uh,